welcome to the new series of the Heidi Jones Coaching Podcast. This podcast is for everyone who is ready to do some of the inner work for a healthier and more positive lifestyle. I'll be delving into the topics that we need to talk about more, including our health, our mindset, and living with purpose and passion. I'll be speaking to guests that will leave you feeling inspired to find out what is possible in your life if you gave yourself the opportunity to find out. This isn't the place for chit-chat, gossip, or endless science. It's for real women with real problems that want more from life. Sound good to you? Let's move on with the show. Welcome back to my podcast. As always, lovely to have you here. And today, how to feel calmer and enjoy living in the moment is literally the number one topic of conversation with the women I work with. We all want to be calmer. We all want to have more tranquility in our life. And we all want to live more in the moment. We get this guilt when we we think too far ahead and, and we miss on the here and now. So it's a topic that is brought into my mastermind sessions every month. It's a topic that I work with my one to one clients with. So Because we all want more of this, I want today to be about sharing some of the insights in how to create it. So use this episode as an opportunity for you to check in with yourself and perhaps be open to new ways in which you could explore so you can have more calmness and in more of a a mindful approach to your day-to-day life so you can live more in the moment as well. So I'm going to start with a story. My client, she was starting her new job. And we had a chat a couple of days before she was about to go in for her first day. And, you know, she was really excited. But as the day was getting closer and closer to starting, she started to feel more worry and more anxious and more nervous about going in for that first day. And what it triggered was this overthinking of what if questions, you know, when they start to creep in. So what if I've made the wrong decision to take this job? What if the work is too much and I I hate going back into the office again? What if I can't say no and I, you know, let myself fall into a load of unhealthy habits again? What if I can't find a balance? And, you know, I just had to stop her there because the what ifs are always a sign for this like overthinking, which can easily take us down a rabbit hole of negativity. And I'm bringing up overthinking because this is where we are too far ahead, aren't we? And we're not enjoying the moment. We, we lose perspective of the moment and we start to worry about the things that ultimately are probably not within our control. It's like this unknown. So there's a lots of things that we can pick out here that can be within our control. But when we start overthinking, when we start to lose our sense of calmness, when we start to stop living in the moment, we go into this mindset of, I don't have control over so many things and we start to worry about it. So I know her, so I knew I was able to kind of bring her focus back to the present. I helped remind her that, you know, that when she made that decision to take the job, it was absolutely the right decision. She had to remind herself that she trusts herself to make a good decision and that you have to give things a go. It's all part of our experience of being on this planet. 
And you know what? It's normal to feel nervous. You know, nerves mean you care. You know, it's good to have a sense of like a little bit jittery before that first day because it means you want it to go well. And I think that's a good thing. And it's reminding her, bringing her back to that present moment, bringing her back to all the preparation that she had done in the lead up to this day to help her keep on track with the healthy habits. So she'd done her food shop, for example. She'd done some meal prep so she could take in a healthy lunch. She'd booked in her fitness classes, you know, and it was helping her come back to the moment and realize actually when I've got perspective, when I'm thinking calmly, when I can see more clearly, I'm able to see that I'm doing the best I can and I've just got to go and show up knowing that ultimately nothing's perfect and I've got to allow myself to be a bit more flexible, you know, and give her some time to try it out and see how it goes. So, she did have ultimately quite a lot of control there. And what she can do is take that into her new job from a place of, okay, I've done what I can and now I'm open to making the tweaks along the way. Just a reminder to help her feel calmer and to bring her back to that present moment so she could enjoy the rest of the weekend before starting her new job. You know, you've got a choice here, even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it. So when we get ourselves into these spirals of negativity, we can carry that on for days. And then we're not living in the moment at all. We are really focused on the stuff that most of the time we are exaggerating or kind of overthinking in our heads, aren't we? We're we're taking it to a new level that probably will never happen. Um, So you need to bring yourself back. So that's one of the you know, one of the ways in which we can kind of look at what it means to be living in the moment, because sometimes that term itself seems too far-fetched. It can almost feel a bit, um, a bit too hippie-like, that's what people would say, you know, it's a bit too out there. But actually, living in the moment is really about bringing yourself back to have perspective on your current circumstance, and then having the calmness and that, that kind of sense of clarity around your own circumstance to be able to take some positive action okay so that's kind of an example there and and you might be able to relate to that so something that I really find you know helpful is being able to stop the thoughts you know as they're you know as they're spiraling it's being able to stop them now it's easier said than done and so sometimes just by recognizing that you're overthinking saying the word stop is enough actually say it out loud to yourself can really help. You go, oh, hang on. Okay, yeah, those thoughts are spiraling thoughts. And it helps you bring yourself back to the present moment. And then you have this split second to kind of switch your focus slightly. And I find this really helpful. The thing that really helped me was being able to ask myself, is this helpful? Is this thought helpful? Is this overthinking, helping me. And every time it was, no, it's not helping me. So I have a choice again, another split second, a choice, continue, or do I turn it into something that is going to be more helpful? You know, and just by this kind of such a simple sentence, oh, it has changed. It was like an aha moment for me. Literally, I was like, wow, this is, this is, this is life-changing for me because I could easily spend a day overthinking and worrying about something or beating myself up about something that's another way we take ourselves away from the moment we go into this spiral of um, 
self-criticism and beating ourselves up and just by asking yourself, is this helpful? No. Okay. Okay. How can I turn this thought into something that is more helpful? Or how can I do something that is more helpful? Just brings you back to the moment, helps you get perspective and then gives you a sense of, oh, I do have control. This next moment in time is what matters because this is where I can take an action. You know, I honestly just flash back to my <laughs> my own life here just by talking about that. I think one of the key moments that happened to me was in the kitchen because I think I was in a negative spiral, beating myself up about probably not having like, a healthy day or not exercising probably I didn't go out for my run or something like that and I was beating myself up about it and by being able to kind of go is this helpful no stop what is helpful it's like actually you know what you can eat a really healthy breakfast instead do that because that's going to be so much more helpful to put your energy into it will then mo- you know create that momentum to maybe go for a run later or tomorrow you know it's like just a simple you know, refocus can can change our behavior. And that's like the important piece here to bring ourselves back to what actually matters. So another way is, you know, to help you think about your thoughts in a different way is reframing. So a big one that I hear is, you know, when we go down this negative spiral, what if, as soon as I hear what ifs, it's like a red flag Uh uh-oh, this is me going down into a negative spiral. What if? So if you say to yourself, what if I can't? If this is what is going over and over in your thoughts, you need to learn reframing. So reframing is a really great tool to add to your toolkit, but it takes practice. And I would definitely recommend doing all of the things that we talk about today when you're not stressed out or nervous or going through something challenging, because you need the tool to be working then. So you need to put the the practice in beforehand. (laughs) Um, So, you know, reframing is great. If you're able to catch yourself saying, what if I can't? You need to say, actually, what if I can? You know, and that in itself can change the whole, you know, thought pattern that goes next. And it it's almost like you feel different as well, isn't it? It's not just a thought. This is how you feel. And that can change everything. So learning how to reframe can be really helpful. Um, And, you know, another way that I find helps me is a distraction. So like if I'm going down a rabbit hole of negative thoughts, so I'm overthinking, my brain's not calm, it is going in overdrive, definitely not living in the moment, and I can't seem to shift it. So maybe I'm not in a place where I feel strong enough to ask myself a helpful question. I can't see the positive side of myself. So I'm really kind of like, I can't, I can't. I have to distract myself. I literally, I have to completely redirect my thoughts onto something else. And that helps a lot. So there's a few ways in which you can do like a distraction tactic. Um, I know lots of people like to distract themselves by doing some sort of maths equation. I've heard this a lot. So they can turn to a Sudoku. They can do equations in their head. They might want to count things around the room. For me, that's the worst thing because I I cannot deal with numbers, but I can redirect my uh, my thoughts into um, a complete distraction into something that I like to do. So it could be, right, I like to bake. I'm going to just bake something. I'm just going to stop doing what I'm doing, I'm going to do something like baking. Um, 
I mean, I work from home, so for me that works really well. But if you're in the office and your your mind is is really kind of going for it, <laughs> um, you want to find something that does distract you that you can do in the moment. And again, it might not be counting, but maybe it's uh, looking around the room for everything in the color red or taking a book out and reading a chapter of a book you know, just kind of distract your mind. So you redirect your thought to something else. And what that can do is kind of help calm you down. So that the goal here is to calm you down. And then once you're calmer, you might be able to then think, right, that really wasn't a helpful spiral, but I need to kind of go back to it and look at it from a new perspective. You know, how can I turn those thoughts into something more helpful you might not be able to do it by yourself. You know, this is where you can then at least calm yourself down enough to say, oh, I need to go and chat to my friend. I need to ring up my mum or whatever, okay? Just so you can uh, change uh, the situation. So another example I can give from my own experience, you know, and this is about bringing myself back to the moment, the importance for me to be able to bring myself back to the moment. And I honestly, I'm so thankful. I am so grateful for the fact that I started this work we're talking like 10 years ago because it has made me so much more prepared to cope with this daily kind of challenges that you face having a child with a hidden disability honestly this I I say it so many times now I'm like thank I'm so thankful that I changed the direction of my life when I did because I have been practicing all of these tools for years and so now I can draw upon them so much easier than if I was say 10 years ago going through this experience so another example so I've just said my daughter has a hidden disability though even though she's only five years old it's already impacted how society sees her how they treat her you know, what is expected of her. And every day there is a trigger that can spin my brain into overthinking, like every day. And it's always about the future. So again, taking myself away from the present and kind of going into the future. And then what ifs? What if she never gets her GCSEs? What if she can never have like a deep conversation because she finds it so hard to communicate? What if she gets taken advantage of because she's so vulnerable? You know, what if she can't get a job? What if she can never live by herself? You know, what if I die? You know, it goes into some dark places and I have to consciously stop myself overthinking about the future because as you can hear by what I've just shared, it it does spiral pretty quickly, you know. Um, So for me, I really have to use these tools to bring myself back and it's a daily basis. So future thinking in this way is like really common. So if you find yourself doing this, then please don't think you're like alone or, you know, it's just you that does it. It's, it happens, but it's what you do next that counts. So some big triggers for spirals that I've really experienced myself, but also from the women I work with, you know, triggers include like money, future savings, social expectations about buying a house or career progression, retiring, you know, your child's future. These are all big triggers for kind of like stepping out of the present and and kind of overthinking the future. So, you know, I'm not saying it's not important to have future plans. I am someone who really believes in having future plans and a vision for the future. 
Um, so I really think it's important to care about what the future holds. However, there are just healthier ways to do it than overthinking and then spiraling into those neg- negative rabbit holes. Um, so, you know, when I think about those thoughts that I just shared, I have to say to myself, like, stop, because those thoughts are unhelpful. You know, that overthinking brings me little control you know, little control. When I go down that headspace, there's little control over it. And you really lose sight of what you have and what's important to you now and who you are now, like who you're being. So when I live in the present, you know, bringing myself back to the present moment, the the thoughts that I can have are, you know, I have a wonderfully unique little girl that needs and wants her mummy's love, like care and attention all the time. And I have the privilege to spend every day with her, teaching her what she needs to know now so she can just be really confident in her own body and her mind. And that we have a fantastic playground of like mountains, sandy beaches, deserts to play in and family and friends that support both of us in like so many ways. So when I'm mindfully considering about the future from a perspective that's much calmer, much more helpful you know I can change the things that I was worrying about into helpful questions so I mentioned about you know what if she doesn't get a GCSEs well helpful question is what alternative education is out there instead of GCSEs okay think about what's if she wouldn't get a job okay wouldn't it be great to support her in a passion that she can make an income from in the future you know they think about what's if I die and there's, I need someone to look after her, you know. I think, right, I need to look at locations near my family members to relocate when we're ready to leave Dubai, you know. And then I think, you know, what if, what if, but actually, what if I can take a course on speech and language so I can really help support her more at home? So this is how like present moment really makes a positive impact. You know, when we talk about living in the present moment, really makes a positive impact so even when times are challenging it is so much more helpful to live in that present moment than to spiral over thinking about the future okay so part of this is learning uh, to be able to access a sense of personal responsibility so we need to recognize our sense of control and we need to be able to accept it. We need to take responsibility for the things that we do have control over. And that doesn't mean it's always the good stuff, but we do have control a lot more than we think. And we need to be able to take some action and not fall victim or blame other people. It's about owning the situation you're in and then being able to take positive shifts in the right direction. But there's also lots of things that we have no control over. And the only thing you can do is to let go and to move on. You to let it go. You cannot ruminate. You cannot let it become your your purpose because if you have no control over it, you're literally just going to be going down into those spirals and not living in the moment and in, you know living with a much calmer um, and tranquil kind of day to day experience. You know, letting go and moving on means you can just you, you can even like physically feel it in your shoulders when you let something go you know you just your shoulders drop and you feel calmer okay so it's not it it feels uncomfortable not to have control but it's freeing 
okay? And you will find more tranquility. You will feel so much calmer about everything if you're able to do that. Um, So to create a sense of calm, you know, during these stormy times, to bring ourselves back to the moment, as I mentioned, it's practicing mindfulness and, and it's where the work pays off. So just like preparing for a marathon, say, say you're going to run a marathon, you cannot expect to get to that start line on the day of the event and run well without any training. Okay, so we need to see mindfulness activities like the training for when we really need it. So I'm going to just share some ways in which you can practice mindfulness to help calm the mind. And when I say calm the mind, I also see it as a huge strength. You're strengthening that part of your mind. Okay, we want to make that part stronger. You know, we want that one to be the one that takes over in times of panic and and stress. We want to be able to calm ourselves down. So we're strengthening that part of our mind. Um, So this is things that have worked personally for me. They are coaching tools, but they're also proven to work over and over again with clients that I work with and that we talk about and that we keep ourselves accountable for doing. So one of them is writing things down. So journaling. Journaling is track record for doing great things for people's um, mindset, okay? And we're talking about having a much calmer start to the day if you journal in the morning or being able to sleep better because you feel more calm before going to sleep. You're able to have a better night's sleep because you've wrote things down before you go to bed. So journaling is a great one. And you don't have to, again, don't think journaling's hard. You know, make it easy for yourself, Um, We've got the five minute journal that lots of people find really helpful to get started because everything's there for you. You just have to write for five minutes Um, using journaling prompts. So I have lots of coaching prompts that I share with clients and that's a really helpful way to start the thinking process. Some people thrive just writing stuff that's happened in the day down on a page. So, you know, there's loads of ways to do it and it's really practicing, experimenting, having a go and, uh, giving yourself some time, make it consistent habit to to really get those those benefits going. Another one is meditation. You know, lots of people love meditation. Whoever gets this sense of tranquility and calm from meditation will tell you about it, (laughs) won't they? I'm sure you'll know someone who says you have to meditate because there's always someone you know that loves meditating. It's like someone you know that loves yoga, you know, someone, or CrossFit or whatever, whoever loves something and gets the benefits they share, don't they? But meditation is one of those. So again, make it easy for yourself. Get get yourself an app. The Calm app has so many lovely meditations in it. We've got Deepak Chopra, loads of recommendations to listen to his meditations. They do like 21 day programs so you can make it a habit you know, get themed ones that relate to what you're currently experiencing. So maybe you feel like you're lacking, you haven't got enough in life. Well, go and listen to an abundance meditation program. This is really a great way to learn the practice of meditation. Um, For me, walking in nature, creating mindfulness walks or sensory walks are fantastic. They really help me calm down. They really help me manage my... um, my thoughts better, you know, and I just really feel grounded. And for me, when I'm grounded, that's when I'm really in the moment. So mindfulness walks, sensory walks are fantastic. And they don't have to be out in the mountains all the time. I mean, for me, that's the ideal. 
but I do them around the block, you know, where I live. Um, and it's you've just got to go with what with what your situation is at the minute and make it work for you. Uh, mindfulness coloring, that's a lovely way to do it. If you like getting um, the stationery out, you know, just spending some time coloring switches your mind off. You're just focusing on what you're doing. Um, a, one that's really popular is jigsaw puzzles. You can get some great jigsaw puzzles. So if you're new to it, start with like 500 pieces, get yourself a mindfulness jigsaw. So it will be a lovely scene. So it might be mountains or a sunset. Um, and then you can like build up to, to get your thousand pieces and kind of give yourself a challenge at the same time. Have fun with it. I know clients that absolutely love painting and that really helps them ground and calm their mind and helps them keep perspective. I also think gratitude journaling is really a great exercise to do. Um, and it's so simple. Um, you just, you know, start the day with five to 10 things that you're grateful for. And if you do it over and over again, so you're repeating that ritual every day, give yourself like a month, honestly, you'll start to see things differently. And it does help you um, feel a much calmer um, sense of being in yourself. Affirmations are a great way to practice saying nice things to yourself. So if you find yourself going into overthinking about how, you know, how much you can't do, how rubbish you are, how, you know, you're not this, you're not that, then, you know, you need to learn how to create new thought patterns about yourself. And to do it by yourself can be really hard because the strength of your negative ones outweighs the positive ones. So what you want to be doing is getting as many positive affirmations or thoughts into your head as an exercise so you're training that part of your your brain you know like I've said it's like a training so every day you could read some positive affirmations so it's like you would do a breathing exercise or you would do um, a stretch stretching exercise or a cool down it's like affirmations can help you know strengthen that part of your brain so bring those positive affirmations in if that's something you struggle with and then I also love looking at it from a daily ritual perspective as well. And one for me is um, coffee. So I, I'm quite, someone would say a coffee snob, but I just think, I just like what I like. <laughs> and I've learned to really enjoy a good cup of coffee from the beans that I have, smelling it, you know, making sure that I weigh it. I have a scale to put my, um, the, how I make my coffee is I have like a, one of those French press and I'll weigh the coffee out into the French press and, you know, boil the kettle, slowly add the water to the coffee. I put the timer on and allow it to brew. And then I pour it into like my favorite cup and I'll always sit and enjoy. I'll smell, I'll taste and enjoy that cup of coffee. And it's just allowing myself to create, you know, small mindfulness rituals throughout the day. So this could be something you do with a cup of tea, maybe when you eat something, you know, there are many ways in which you can do this and um, it makes a huge difference. And I started that when I was still working as a teacher. So full days, you know, working nonstop, still, I, I started that practice then. So it's not just because I'm working from home. Um, I started this a long time ago and it's developed and developed over the years. <laughs> um, and now it's like a non-negotiable, it has to happen every day. Um, so there's some ways in which you could maybe start introducing some more 
mindfulness practice because obviously the goal here is to just feel calmer and enjoy living in the moment more and you need to do the training and all those mindfulness exercises are like your training so for the times when you need it you know when a storm is coming you're going for a challenging time you know this is where it will pay off so I really hope you enjoyed listening today I hope you found it helpful if you have please share it with someone who you think would enjoy it as well remember to hit the follow button and you can always reach out tell me your key takeaway from this session or if you have any other ideas that you know help you find um mindfulness you know bring you that sense of calm and and back to the present share them with me I'd love to hear it okay I look forward to hearing you next week have a good week up until then Bye.